Thank you for accessing this audio resource from Glad Tidings Church. This is Pastor Tim Rice. I hope you enjoy the message and receive some benefit from it. If you do, please let us know. Send your comments to info at gladtidings.church. Now, here's this week's message. This morning, uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 112. We're going to return to Psalm 112, and we're going to conclude this series on stewardship that I began several weeks ago. Psalm 112, you might remember, describes an upright man uh, or woman, and it describes him or her as blessed. The upright man, the upright woman is blessed by God. So I've said that we can observe three principles, uh, stewardship principles here in Psalm 112 related to God's blessing, and that is, number one, when we honor God, God blesses us. So there is a connection between our obedience and God's blessings to us. An upright man or an upright woman enjoys God's blessing. Can you say amen? He or she is prosperous and successful when, when they honor God with their life. Number two, second principle, when God blesses us, we ought to honor God with those blessings. Remember I said last week that everything we have is a gift from God, including our money. Therefore, as Psalm 3 uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 says we should honor God with our wealth. How do we honor God with our wealth? We honor God with our wealth by being generous and by giving as he has told us to. God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. And so we talked about that last week. We talked about the three standards of giving, the three methods of biblical giving that correspond to each one of those. Number one, when, you get, when we give obediently, we give that tithe, that 10% of our income. That is obedience in our giving. No, standard number two is cheerfully. When we give cheerfully, we give free will offerings out of the overflow that God puts in our life. We give free will offerings to programs and to ministries and projects. And um, then this third standard that I mentioned is we give, ought to give generously. And alms is not unlike offerings, but alms is us giving to a specific need. That when we're moved by compassion, uh, we give to specific needs and God blesses us. So I alluded to the fact that when we give, God gives back to us. He blesses us to be a blessing. And the more that we bless others, the more, more God is able to pour back into our life. We don't, remember, we don't give in order to get, but when we give, we, we do get in return because that's the third principle that I want to talk about this morning. When we honor God, this is the third, bless, uh, third principle, when we honor God with his blessings, when, when we're generous and when we give according to God's word, when we honor God with his blessings, then God honors uh, uh, honors us. So I've already said that I, I don't really like to preach uh, that much about money because I know that it makes people uncomfortable when, when the preacher starts talking about money and there's much that can be misunderstood when the preacher is talking about money. However, I do like, I do like this part because it's such incredibly good news that when we give, God blesses us. Can somebody say amen? When we give, God blesses us. When we honor God with our wealth, 
then God honors us. This is actually, this is what Proverbs 3 verse 9 says. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your produce. And then verse number 10 says this, Proverbs 3 verse 10. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. You see, this is the third principle at work. When, when we give to God, God prospers us. In fact, Proverbs chapter 11 explains that um, in greater detail. And, and it actually uh, has a greater relation to Psalm 112. So I know you got your Bibles open to Psalm 112. Hold your finger there for just one second. Flip forward to Proverbs chapter 11, because I want to read a few verses from Proverbs chapter 11 before we return to Psalm 112. Proverbs chapter 11. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse, beginning in verse number 23, we read these words. The desire of the righteous ends only in good, the expectation of the wicked in wrath. Verse 24, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched and one who waters will himself be watered. The people curse him who holds back grain, but a blessing is on the head of him who sells it. Verse 27, whoever diligently seeks good seeks favor, but evil comes to him who searches for it. In verse 28, whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. Now this passage compares two types of individuals. One is, one is generous and the other is greedy. The generous person is blessed. Um, the passage says he or she gives and the more they give, then they just grow richer. And so do you see that in that passage? The more they give, the, the, the richer they get because God is blessing them. While the greedy person, on the other hand, the Bible says is cursed. He withholds what he should give and suffers want. So what is the difference between the generous person and the greedy person? Well, the difference, again, it goes back to desire. Remember Psalm 112 says the desire of the wicked will perish. Well, what is the desire of the wicked? We talked about that in the first message I preached. The desire of the wicked is more, more wealth, more possessions. The wicked are greedy for gain. The Proverbs chapter 11, in fact, explains why in Psalm 112, the wicked man is angry at and gnashes his teeth at the upright man. And that's because the upright person is blessed by God. Why, why is the upright person blessed? It's because his desire is for good. His desire is for God. In fact, he has, he has put God first and he seeks God's righteousness and therefore God has blessed him. Moreover, it seems that the more that the upright man gives, the more that he receives back from God. And it, and it must seem unfair to the greedy man because the greedy man holds on 
to what he ought to give. And yet, though he holds on to it, um, he himself um, is, uh, fails to increase. He holds on to what he should give, and he never has enough. Verse 25 reveals the principle that is at work here. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. You see, when you honor God with what he gives to you, when you honor God with your wealth, then God blesses you and God prospers you. And then verse number 27 explains what's behind that principle. It says, whoever diligently seeks good seeks favor, but evil comes to him who searches for it. Now, at first, this this verse doesn't seem to make sense, and it might even sound contradictory, but it's actually easy to understand what this verse means in, in its context. It means if you are seeking God, if you're seeking his good, if you're seeking his righteousness, if you seek good, then you will receive what? Favor. You will receive favor. But if you're seeking only after favor... If you're only seeking after God's blessing, then you will receive evil because it's the person who seeks God that God blesses them. And that's the fundamental difference between an upright man and, and a wicked man, at least when it comes to the management of the resources that God gives to them or the wealth that God uh, gives them. The fundamental difference is that the upright man's desire is for God. He wants to honor God with his wealth. He seeks to do, God, uh, do good with his wealth, and therefore God prospers him all the more. The wicked man's desire is for gain. He's greedy. He's greedy for material blessings, and, but he refuses to give, and therefore God cannot honor him. God cannot bless him, at least to the extent that he desires to bless him. So verse 28, again, this is Proverbs chapter 11. Verse 28 makes this conclusion. So whoever trusts in riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. Now flip back over to Psalm uh, 112, if you would. Flip back over to Psalm 112 because Psalm 112 affirms the same thing that Proverbs chapter 11 affirms, and that is the success and the security of the upright person, that they prosper, that they are, that they are blessed. In fact, Psalm 112 verse 6 says, for the righteous will never be moved. The righteous will never be moved. What is the source of? of their confidence. Verse 7 says, he is not afraid of bad news because his heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. He trusts in God. She trusts in the Lord. And in verse 8, Psalm 112 says, his heart is steady and he will not be afraid. You see, the upright man or the upright woman's trust is in the Lord. They're not trusting in their wealth. They're not trusting in their money. They're not seeking after money. They're seeking after God. And they're trusting in God's word that if they put him first and they honor him with their wealth, 
by giving generously, then he will honor their obedience by meeting all of their needs. Do you see that's how it works? That when we honor God with the blessings that he gives to us, then God honors us. The stock market uh, may move. It may go up or it may go down. But the upright person, they are not moved by the stock market. Their, their trust is in the word of the Lord. <laughs> uh, the financial news may be bad. They may listen to the business report, and the business report might be bad. But listen, but they are, uh, the upright person is not afraid. Mar markets might be shaky, but their heart is firm. Why? Because they're not trusting in the markets, they're trusting in God. Interest rates may fluctuate, but their heart is steady because their hope is in the Lord. Their hope is in God. You see, the upright person knows that if they give, listen to me this morning, if they give um, according to God's word, then they will receive according to God's words. Let me repeat that because that should have been an amen right after that. The upright person understands that if they give according to God's words, then they will receive according to God's words. And thank you. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. God makes some very specific promises when it comes to our giving. Our giving. Therefore, when I, when I give the way that the Bible prescribes, I can expect to receive in the way that the, the Bible promises. Amen? When I, when I give, like the Bible says to give, then I can expect to receive the way the Bible says that I can expect to receive. Did you know uh, that every time you exchange money that you are dealing in promises? Did you know that? Every time you exchange money, whether you're buying lunch um, after service, this morning or whether you go and buy a car, every time you exchange money, you're dealing in promises. U.S. currency used to be backed by the actual equivalent value of gold or silver, but how many knows not anymore? It's not backed by gold or silver anymore. Now it is backed by the, quote, full faith and credit of the U.S. government. Isn't that reassuring this morning? <laughs> um, so, um, every financial transaction, every financial transaction you make is an exercise in faith. And here's, listen, here's what the upright man or the upright woman understands. If I, if I can trust a human government enough to honor the money I spend, then how much more should I be willing to trust my heavenly Father to honor the money that I give? If I can trust the U.S. government to honor every dollar bill that I spend on whatever it is, how much more can I trust my Heavenly Father to honor every dollar that I give according to His, His words? Here's another way to think about it. Um, I had to get this $20 from Irene this morning because I don't use a carrot around. Here's another way to think about it this morning. The $20 that I hold in my hand this morning 
this, this $20 is worth, it's worth to me whatever the U.S. government promises that it's worth, which is what? $20. That wasn't hard. I wasn't trying to trick you. So this $20 I hold in my hand, it's, it's worth to me whatever the U.S. government says that, that it's worth, which is $20. But the $20, if I take this $20 and, and I put it in God's hand, then if it's in God's hand, how many knows it's worth to me whatever he promises that it's worth to me? It's worth to me whatever he promises to me. And as it turns out, how many knows um, giving to God is a better investment because how many knows God's word is completely reliable and trustworthy, amen? So we can trust God uh, because every dollar that we give to him relies on the promises that he has made to us. When we give it to him as he's prescribed in his word, then we can trust in the promises that he makes in his word. And as I said, God makes some very specific promises regarding our giving. I want to review them uh, very quickly, okay? Um, let's review the three types of giving that we discussed last week. Alms. We'll start with alms. Remember I said that alms is giving to the poor. It's giving to meet a need. It's being moved by compassion to give to someone or to some need in particular. And this is what God's Word says about our giving of alms. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 17 says, Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will, that is the Lord will repay him for the deed. Have you ever lent money to someone and they failed to repay you? I have before. I remember the first time I did that, I was disappointed in human nature. But how many, how many understand human nature a little bit better than you used to understand human nature? So yeah, the first time you might have been disappointed in that, in that person, but you learned a valuable lesson, didn't you? Man's word is often, sometimes man's word is unreliable. Maybe, here's, here, maybe you decided I'll never lend anybody any money ever again because I just can't trust uh, anybody. So maybe you decided to never learn, lend anyone any money, but listen, God, God is reliable. I said, God is reliable. You can trust in him. So I've got a recommendation for you this morning. Stop giving your money to people whom you can't trust and start giving it to God. <laughs> You're saying, Pastor, does that mean I should never give to the poor? I should never give money to people ever again? No, I'm not saying that. It doesn't mean stop giving to the poor, but give it as if you were giving it to the Lord. In fact, Matthew chapter 11:35 addresses that. And Jesus says, whatever you do to the least of these, you do it as unto me. So stop giving with the expectation that they're going to repay you somehow or that somebody else will repay you somehow. Give it with the understanding that as I give it, I'm giving it unto the Lord. I'm doing it as unto him because I know that when I give, then God has said, when you give your money to the poor, you're lending it to me and I will repay you. How many knows that's a better guarantee that you can, than you can receive anywhere else at all? Amen? So give it to the Lord. All right, what about offers? So alms has the promise of God. If you give to the poor, 
then I, you're lending it to me, God says, and I will repay you. I'll make sure that I repay you. Uh, number two, offerings. Offerings are those free will gifts that we make to specific projects or programs. Remember, it's giving out of that abundance that God has placed into our life. And this is what 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says about free will offerings. Remember, we talked about Paul, that in 2 Corinthians, he's preparing an offering. He's asking them to lay aside some money for a special offering. And this is what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. In other words, you have a free will. You have a choice. And Paul says, no one should give an offering under compulsion. They don't give, again, we don't give out of guilt, but we give cheerfully to the Lord because of what he has given to us. But when we give, Paul says here, if we sow sparingly, we'll reap sparingly. If we sow bountifully, we'll reap bountifully. Paul here is referring to the concept of giving that, that Jesus first taught his disciples. In Luke chapter 6, verse number 38, Jesus said, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So giving offerings has God's promise attached to it. That when you give a free will offering, then the measure that you use, when you give that free will offering, is the measure that God's going to use when he gives it back to you. If you give sparingly, he's going to reward you. He's going to give back to you sparingly. If you give bountifully, then God's going to give back to you bountifully. I want to use the very best measure I can because that's the kind of blessing that I want to receive. Amen? And so God's promise accompanies our gifts of our offerings as well. And then finally, the tithe, that tithe, that 10% of your income also has God's promises attached to it. Malachi chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. In fact, if you have your Bibles, flip over to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Because I want to, we're going to walk through this. We'll do it rather quickly, but I want you to see it for yourself. Malachi chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. This is what God, remember, I already talked about tithing. God says, some of you are robbing me. And you say, well, how are we robbing you? By withholding your tithes. You're not giving what you should give. And so you're under a curse because of that. But then he continues and he talks about, so he talks about the curse of not tithing, but then he starts talking about the blessing of tithing, the promise that comes when we do tithe. Verse number 10, Malachi 3.10, bring the full tithe, that's at 10%, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil. And your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. What a wonderful promise God makes to those who are obedient in their tithe. 
that 10%. In fact, someone has observed that there are actually seven there are actually seven separate promises that God makes concerning uh, the tithe. Number one, he says, I will open the windows of heaven. It means I will, I will uh, this is talking about a, a sudden deluge of blessing in your life, a flood of God's favor in your life when you finally give obediently as God has said for you to give. And opening up, in, in, in some cases, that the windows are closed because you've withheld uh, what is required, that tithe. But when, but when you give, when you give obediently, God says, I'll open up the windows of heaven. The blessings that are waiting on your obedience are just are going to come upon you. So there's this sudden deluge of God's favor in your life when when you finally begin to give what you have been withholding. Number two, he says, and I will, he will pour out an overflowing blessing into, into your life. How many knows that God is able to make 90% in your life better, greater, more than 100% if you hold on to it yourself? So God is able to cause an abundance and an overflowing blessing in your life. And remember, he gives you that overflowing blessing so that you can bless, so that you can bless uh, others as well. Number three, he promises that he will rebuke the devourer. He says that he will raise up a standard. God will raise up a standard against the enemy's malicious attacks against you. When the devil, the enemy is coming against you to attack your finances or it could be your health, your family, whatever it is, God said, then I will, I will rebuke the devourer uh, on your behalf. Number four, he will preserve the fruits of the ground. He can, he can cause what you do have to go further and to last longer. Amen. When we, when we are obedient to him and are given. Number five, he will cause you to be more fruitful. You can, enjoy, you can enjoy more fruit from your labors if you're obedient to God in, in your giving. Number six, he will cause all nations to call you blessed. Um, your gifts will be used to build God's global kingdom. Um, no longer are you just building your own little kingdom for yourself, but you can be a part of what God is doing across the globe and see the salvation of many men and women, and they'll call you blessed because of your participation in the kingdom of God. And then number seven, he will cause you to be a delight, a delight. People who give not only make other people happy, but people who give are happier themselves. They're happier themselves when they give. Now listen, these are, these are not all of God's promises about giving, but they are, they are representative of God's promises, and they confirm what Jesus taught, and that is it is more blessed to give than to receive. Here's, here's why it's more blessed to give than to receive. Because I mean, we, can, we can receive without giving. And, and a lot of people do that. They receive. We're all recipients. We can receive without giving. But listen, you cannot give without receiving from God. Because that's what his word 
promises. His word says, if you give, if you honor me with your wealth, and if you honor me with your first fruits, if you're, if you're giving alms, then God says, you're lending it to me, and I will repay you. If you're giving free will offerings, then with whatever measure you use when you give that free will offering, God says, I'll use that same measure when I pour it back into your lap. And he says, if you give your tithe, then I will make sure that I'll rebuke the devourer and I will open the windows of heaven and I will cause an overflowing blessing in your life. You cannot give without receiving from the Lord. Now, important reminder before I wrap this up, we don't, again, we don't give in order to receive. Remember, that's greed. Greed's Greed's not a good motivator for Christian stewardship. So we don't, we don't give in order to receive. We give because we have received. Because God has blessed us. When we give just in order to get, that's greed. But when we give because we have received, that's gratitude. And that's what God blesses. He blesses generosity, and he blesses giving out of gratitude. So I want to I challenge you to do two things this morning. Um, one thing that you can begin today, and one thing that you can do next week, all right? Number one, I want, you to, I want to challenge you, first of all, take God at his word. Take God at his word. How many believe that this is true. It's completely true. Every promise that it makes, we can rely on this promise because it's, because it's God's word. And if God's word makes those promises that I said about our giving, then that's why the upright person is not moved. They don't fear. Their heart is steady. They're not troubled even by bad news or shaky economies or bad markets. Because why? They say, God, I'm obeying your word. I'm giving according to your word. And so that means I can claim the promises from your word. Amen. So I'm going to encourage you this morning. Take God at his word. In Malachi, God says this. Um, God says, put me to the test. This is one of the only occasions where God says, you can test me and see if this isn't true. Put God to the test. The upright person is secure. They're not moved because they have confidence in God. They have put God to the test and they have found God to be trustworthy. So I'm going to encourage you this morning, take God, take God at his word. Put him to the test and begin to give that 10% tithe to the Lord. Bring it to the storehouse and say, God, I'm giving this out of obedience to you because of what you have done in my life. Everything that I have comes from you, God, and so I want to honor you, Lord, with my wealth. Put him to the test and see if he won't honor his word in your life. Put him to the test. Give generously. Give cheerfully. Give abundantly. Give out of compassion and trust that God is going to honor his word. Do you trust him this morning? Say amen if you do. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or would like more information about following Jesus Christ, please contact us at gladtidings.church. 
If you live near Dunn, North Carolina, please consider visiting our church on Sunday mornings at 1030. You can also download our church app in the iTunes or Google Play app store and receive updates and notifications. You may use the app to make a financial gift to help support our ministry. God bless you.